the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. And uh, as the music was playing, I was thinking, I was looking at the script uh, that I have in front of me, a couple of words that I write down to help me remember, and I wrote friends, and I was thinking, I'm so thankful to God that I can say friends, plural, but if I could only say friend, and if that friend was Jesus, I would still be grateful. And I say that uh, just, uh, I guess that's just me and my musings, so... Uh, Today we are going to talk about Courageous Christians. We're going to continue in our series. And our hope with this series is that you will hear from people of all sorts who come from many different places and circumstances to love and serve Jesus. And I guess that's what got me thinking about if I could only say friend and if that friend was Jesus, I would be happy. Nonetheless, what all of our Courageous Christians on the show have in common is that they hear God's call They respond with growing understanding as the Holy Spirit works in their lives and as Scripture takes hold, and then they give themselves over to Jesus to serve him in different ways across the battlefield of this world. And it is a battlefield, and we must be intentional, and we do need the shield of our faith. The common theme is that they act on their faith, and that's going to be a lot of what we talk about today. And one such courageous Christian joining us today on the show, David Savage, co-host of Salt and Pepper Conversations, a new radio program here on KKHT. And if you remember, we listened to Pastor Aaron Thomas a couple weeks ago, and that's David's co-host and partner on the show. David, welcome. Well, thank you, Rich. It's so great. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my most excellent wingman. Most excellent. I love that. Most Ted, excellent. Bill, Bill and Ted's adventure, yes. right? Or something like Bill that. Bill and Ted's <laughs> excellent adventure. Hi, David. Welcome. Glad you're here. Hey, how are you doing, Christy? 
And before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, we come to you today to hear truth and hope in your Son, Jesus Christ. We come to you for reassurance that when we trust in you, our paths will be straighter, the road will be smoother, and the journey more profitable to your kingdom. We pray for each listener, Lord, that wherever they are, in whatever their circumstances, they know your far-reaching, everlasting love, and that in the sacrifice of your Son on the cross, by his blood, in his ways, and in his service, all who believe will be justified, and that you will have the last word in all things. May all we do and say be pleasing unto you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. David, very exciting. Um, Pastor Aaron had a very uh, electrifying testimony. He does. And that was a ton of fun. <laughs> and I figured he must be really uh, hard to contain on the show because we could hardly keep him contained till we made it into the studio to He's talk about Jesus. Yeah. He loves Jesus. We God were like, bless him. Hold, hold that. Hold Wait. that. Say that on the show. <laughs> Wait. Hold that thought. So, friends, last week I said that I see courageous Christianity as gratitude love, and submission to Jesus, which compels us to take action according to the truth of the Bible. And I think you will hear this very thing in the testimonies of all of our guests, and I'm sure especially David. David, would you please tell us just about your journey, starting wherever you want? Um, I just love people hearing heart. Well, my story, and I think most Christian story about Jesus is a love story. Mm. And uh, those are all, those are the best stories, aren't they? Uh, it began with my mom. My mom loved us enough to make sure that we went to church. You know, we call it, we had a drug problem. She drug us to church you know, every Sunday. <laughs> and uh, I've never heard that. <laughs> so she, uh, she made sure, you know, even we were in a military family, we lived in Germany. We were in the Protestant faith, you know, cause they didn't have all the different faiths. And, then uh, when we were back home in San Angelo, Texas, uh, she made sure that we went to the Methodist church and and then we went through the confirmation process and I was baptized. And I, that was a very intentional decision that I made for myself when I was 13 years old. And so that's when I became a Christian. And then I would say that my story has really been like a long crescendo, you know, of just, you know, did, did either of you play musical instruments? Yes. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so yeah. saxophone. Yeah. Really. Oboe, piano. We're all woodwind <laughs> players. I was a clarinet player. Yeah. So, all right, well, this will be a perfect metaphor because, you know, I was a, an above average clarinet player and I was really aspirational. We, most of my goals were to outdo my brother because he had a clarinet and then my parents, I wanted to play the saxophone. They said, well, we have a clarinet. <laughs> So why don't you play the clarinet? <laughs> so I wanted to be first chair, you know, faster than him and make get more medals and everything else. But when you when you practiced your instrument, you uh, you're just playing by yourself and you don't know what it's going to sound like when you're with the other woodwinds. And then, you know, when you, the conductor brings you in, then you're bringing in the brass and the percussion. And that's kind of how my life has been. It's just been a building symphony. And I recall really probably the pinnacle of my my musical career we did a very, very difficult piece called Don Juan, and 
when we finally we were actually uh, Colonel Arnold <laughs> Gabriel was the guest conductor from the United States Air Force Orchestra, and we performed this. And when you're on that stage and you play something, and you put everything you have into it, and it all comes together, you couldn't you couldn't imagine what how beautiful it would be when you're just playing, you know, practicing your part by yourself. And that's the way it is when you're working with other Christians. Is it you know they're bringing in that fuller, richer, and and that's how it's just been a, a long building, growing process for me. That mm. is a really beautiful picture that all the different instruments come together and they play in worship of God. Mm. Uh, if that conductor was from the Marine Corps silent drill team, the Marine Corps band, then it would have been a better story. <laughs> I saw that. But it was still yeah, a yeah. really good story. Okay, come on, gentlemen. <laughs> the evening parade. I saw the evening parade in Washington, so you, D.C. Yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Friday nights during the summer uh, at the Commandant's Home at Marine Barracks on 8th Street and I Street, they have the silent drill team, which performs for like an hour with no commands given. It's amazing. Wow. Um, but what's also amazing is the drug problem you were talking about. That's, <laughs> hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, so your mom drug you. And you know what? As my son has got uh, older and uh, his work takes him to places that are dangerous and you see the way the world is out there, you start to realize the only gift you can really give your kid that matters is a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, make up that relationship. First and foremost, you have to live it and believe it. And then uh, you just pray that throughout life and all those different things that are going to give him bumps and bruises, that Jesus will walk closely with them. And, and he is faithful. I was talking to somebody just yesterday who uh, came to their faith in a very religious way. In the churches they had belonged to, there was sexual abuse. And they were very stuck in that. Understandably, of course, any sort of abuse can really harm someone. But I felt so sad that sometimes people think that the religion and religious uh, tradition, ritual, and so forth is the same thing as God's amazing love. And when you come to it, uh, you at 13, mm-hmm. from your own little sweetheart, deciding that this is the truth. and That's a love story. It's a love story. Yeah, and that's so beautiful that you say that. And I, yeah. I so want people to hear that because I often say, you know, what did the Nazi party, political parties, the Boy Scouts any organization have in common people mm-hmm. and people can make a mess of anything. They sure can. Yeah. And, that's uh, and so I hate when God gets blamed for the messes of people and then people get stuck there and they can't know him uh, in the love that we are blessed to know him. But so now did that change when you went off to college? Because we did a show a while back, young people leaving the church, and apparently 70% of them drift away from faith uh, through no conscious decision when they go off to college between the ages of 18 and 22. What was your experience? Uh, exactly the same. But it was it was intentional, I would say. Again, it was a love story, but it was a, a love uh, that oh, that failed, no. you know. So I I was dumped, you know, by my by my girlfriend in in high school, who I had really fallen head over heels. I had a very tender heart as a young person, and I was I was 
all in on it. And then, uh, you know, when I went off to A&M and she stayed home uh, in San Angelo on a track scholarship, you know, we, we couldn't really keep that going together. And then, you know, I went home for Thanksgiving and I got my senior ring back and I, you know, I just, uh, I was oh, just, uh, you know, really, you really know about fell the apart. clarinet? Yes, yes. You know, uh, because so, clarinet guys are cool. <laughs> I, I well Benny Goodman. I, I think she just wanted to pursue those other track athletes. I'm not sure what the story was. It, it wasn't. She wasn't unkind, but it just. I took it extremely hard, and then uh, I. Did you turn to God or away from Him? I, I, I don't. I didn't really blame God, but I just said, you know, I, I'm never going to be that vulnerable again. I think that's what it did. You just kind of harden your heart. You put this little crust around it because you're trying to protect it. And that that also removes your it's a barrier between you and God. And then, you know, nobody was going to church. Like I said, my mom kind of made us go to church. And so when I had the the freedom not to, I I decided that I was going to join a fraternity, that I was going to be around other guys, that I wasn't going to ever have a woman turn my head like that because I was there blessed with this scholarship, you know, to go to, you know, a great university. And I just wasn't going to deviate, you know, from my goal. And so, uh, I just kind of fell in with with the worldliness of fraternity life, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. But I wasn't going to church. I, I went. A, I went a few times, and I wasn't. I wasn't angry or deliberately um, moving away from God. But I, I just drifted because I was trying to find my own way, and not just oh, what my parents had you know, yeah. said. This is what you should do. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, when you come to faith uh, by choice, then it becomes something real for you. And we're going to talk about that when we come back uh, with David Savage and his clarinet. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission in this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, we're back with David Savage, co-host of Salt and Pepper Conversations, and we're talking to him about his courageous Christian journey. And before the break, he was telling us about playing in the band, uh, the clarinet, and how he likened it to the kingdom of God, where each Christian doing their job, playing their instrument according to their talents with Jesus Christ as the conductor and the beautiful uh, worship. That comes from that. He went off to A&M and unfortunately got his heart broken a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we are in the story right now. So you've had your heart broken. The music's gotten a little bit quiet. You're standing there with your 
clarinet, the reed is broken, <laughs> and uh, now you're entering the workforce. Yes, and so I love that scripture, to be still and know that I am God. And so the other part of my love story as a child was my dad really introduced me to the outdoors and creation and scouting. And so I've always gone back just like Jesus did. He went to the wilderness. He would go pray by himself. He would go to the garden. And so I I go to outdoors. I go in creation because to me that is undeniable truth that can be observed in his creation, his perfect creation. And and so I've always been uh, outdoors a lot. And then my first job was as a backpacking uh, ranger at, at Philmont. And so that I did a lot of thinking. In fact, I I almost wanted to leave society because I went to a three-day work week of rotating. I didn't even know what day of the week it was, and I'm just out there, and I'm backpacking, and I'm feeling really at peace, and I'm I'm kind of sorting through you know, this heartache and like, well, all right, I'm going to be an engineer now, and I'm going to go start my job. And, and I was. I was really searching for a more meaningful uh, relationship with Christ again. It's like, okay, you know, this is my life. This is my adult life where all the decisions are mine, and I'm making them. And I did return to church, uh, but then you know I was impacted a lot by the uh, the dissolving of marriages in my family, and that that kind of also kind of spooked me. And so I wasn't really searching, you know, for the woman to love. And, and you know, I talked about my book. I, I believe that all men have a common purpose, and that's you know find a will to obey, a work to do, and a woman to love. And I I was working on the work to do and the will to obey, but. I wasn't really too serious about the woman to love, and uh, I made some mistakes there. But I, I started uh, reading more. I've I've been a lifelong seeker, and I've always liked to to study. I, I, I look at nature. I earned many different merit badges, and I've always had many different interests. So I was continuing uh, in the Methodist faith at that time, and I started attending church uh, in Houston and in Austin. When I moved to that office and, you know, was uh, active in the Methodist faith, but I was still, honestly, I was still in sexual sin because, you know, I just decided that women in my life were going to be for physical pleasure and maybe some companionship, but nothing more than that. And I just, that was where I was really uh, fallen and and living in, in my sinful nature. You said so much. That's interesting. You said you're an adult making adult decisions. And you decided to go to church, but you were still seeking a will to obey, work to do. And ultimately, uh, in that area, as we follow scripture, we think that uh, God will lead us to a mate that will help us to walk upright as helpful opposition. So you said so many interesting things. Um, Did you take your faith to work with you or was work and faith separate? I did. I did because uh, when you're doing civil engineering work, it's drainage. It's it's you're doing it for people, and you know you're you're trying to get projects through uh, departments, you know, for the city, you know, like the city of Houston, the city of Austin, and basically it's relationship building. And so you're 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 trying to get to know people, let them know who you are. And I did. I I didn't. Uh, I wasn't as open and as Eager, I have a heart for evangelism now, for sure. And I have had, I would say, for the last 20 years, but not when I was that young, because maybe I didn't feel equipped enough. So I guess we all have a corner of the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And 
beautiful to see how God arranges the orchestra. If we allow ourselves to be arranged, to be seated, and then to pull up the music and try to play as he would have us play. I think sometimes people try a lot of different instruments and it doesn't work out. And then they think the orchestra is not for them. But if we go back to where in life we were successful, what was important to us, then sometimes it identifies something completely different. So it came as quite a shock to me, a Jewish kid from South Africa who was bar mitzvahed and grew up in a Jewish family, that my corner of the battlefield would be to speak a message of courageous faith in Christianity. And so I just marvel because now as I look back over my shoulder at all the different places God moved me, I can see his plan. I had to be in the Marines. I had to end up uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan and so on and so forth. I had to survive this. I had to survive that so that I could be here, you know, deliver my message. Thank you, God, for all of those twists and turns. And so... What are some of the major points in your twisting and turning journey, a rocky path and so forth, as you look back, now an evangelist with a radio show trying to speak to 20 to 40-year-olds about the truth of the Bible? Mm -hmm. What are some of those uh, really noteworthy twists and turns? Well, I would say certainly becoming a father was... uh, the most impactful. My daughter was born February 15th of 1990, so I was 29 years old. That was huge. And I had my son was born December 27th of 91. And then in 1994, I went on a spiritual retreat again at the urging of my mother, who was always there, you know, trying to work. And she said, you've got to go on this retreat called the Walk to Emmaus. I'm like, what is the Walk to Emmaus? It's it's a secret. We can't tell you about it. Is that because, what was in that Martin Sheen movie, The Way? Well, no, that's that uh, trip. I, I don't want to mispronounce it, but in Spain. And, you know, that is, uh, oh. it's something different, but it is a pilgrimage. That's a true pilgrimage. The Walk to Emmaus was uh, originally created in the Catholic Church. It was called a Curcio. And basically, it's a three-day weekend, and it's by gender. So it's all men, you know, or they have women's retreats and men's retreats. And you're supposed to experience agape love, you know, what God's love is like, the best we could create it, where other people are really showering love on you. Uh, and I can't I can't tell too much about it because it is a wonderful a experience. <laughs> well, it was. And, and I was I was not liking that. I was like, look, you can't tell me, you, you, you know, they take your watch away so that you can't you don't know what time it is. And then they don't tell you anything about it. And you just show up. And I was like, it sounds like a cult. I'm not going to do it. That you know, sounds even, like you were going to a place of vulnerability, which you said a long time ago, I'm not going to be vulnerable again. <laughs> well, that's right. And, but my mom was yeah. so persistent. Sounds like deployment to Afghanistan to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's like, and I'm glad. But uh, no, It's the about to, agape love, let me tell you. It's, it's well, about loving brothers and sisters and, and doing the mission as assigned by higher headquarters without asking a lot of questions. And you just say, I'm going to trust the process. And so it sounds to me like yeah. this was a process. That is exactly right. There's, I can tell you that there's like 15 talks that are given that are incredible. And there's all these little gifts and things that a sponsor for you plans. And you have these letters that you receive. And I mean, 
I was on fire. It was a true mountaintop experience in my faith that really changed you know, my life. And I got uh, deeply involved in the whole Emmaus movement, and I worked on staff on other walks and events and uh, really, really drew me much deeper. And then each week we would meet, we'd have Emmaus reunion groups, and we had, you know, we would talk about discipleship denied, you know, when did you fail to be Christ's, you know, uh, servant, you know, during the week and when, and when did you do good things? And we would hold each other accountable. And that was pretty extraordinary. And and that was a tremendous period of uh, spiritual growth for me in Corpus Christi, Texas. Okay. So mom, uh, I heard that one dragging you to church and becoming a father Mm -hmm. and the walk to Emmaus and the Mm -hmm. Emmaus program. Mm -hmm. And what else? So, then uh, what was shocking or surprising when God just really got your attention and said, well, hold on there, Turbo. This is what I mean for you to be doing with your life. I would say just that this book, <laughs> was, I mean, there's been stuff in between, but writing, the, book? Uh, writing the, the book, book. The, writing a book, The Savage Path, which is something I never thought I would do. I, uh, I also, I, I, there was something else. I was recruited to be a Bible study teacher when I converted from Methodist to Baptist in 2002 uh, when Kim and I got married. So that was a real, another big uh, pivotal moment because then we were together and we decided, you know, we weren't going to have her church or my church. We were going to have our church and we decided to go to Second Baptist. And I learned a little bit more about their doctrine and things. And I was asked to be a Bible study teacher, but then I was asked to be a new member counselor and I was uncomfortable with that. It's like, well, you have to walk up at the end of every service every Sunday. And everybody's like, well, what's the matter with that guy? He goes up every Sunday. It's it's to help draw other people to walk forward. And then you sit down with them after that church service. And then you are basically the front porch of the church. and, And people are coming in all different kinds of brokenness. And I'm not trained to be a pastor, but I've had people who confessed infidelity to me. I've had people that have, uh, been through you know brain surgery help trauma we and, are all messy. yeah and I didn't know if I would how to handle that you know sometimes I would have to get a pastor but I'd pray with him and and then I would walk him through you know this is how you become a Christian and and say that sinner's prayer with him and welcome him and plug him into the church and then I've watched these people grow through the church and now some of them are deacons and I've been doing that that's for 20 awesome. years and that that's really been what has uh, sharpened my focus on my evangelism. So all the twists and turns of your faith, to include the heartbreaks, allows you to stand up there and receive people who themselves are in various uh, places of transformation, questioning, brokenness, being called according to God. It's their time now. And what an honor to be able to receive them, not in judgment, but in the humility of the fact that you were just there. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's so exciting. And that brings you to this place. When we come back from the break, folks, I want to ask David more about his book, The Savage Path, and also continue with this discussion about how he came to know his current spiritual place on this battlefield. Please stay with us. Time is a bullet, okay. I get that we all have our day. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now, our veterans need your help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Stratton, Richard Mendelow's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. 
Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives in military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, for almost 18 months, Christy Stratton has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings us to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You will want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over the last 72 shows on Courageous Christianity, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, those of you who listen to the show a lot know I love that song. Chad Strader is wonderful and so gracious to allow us to use his music on the show. And you are listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and we are talking with David Savage, author, radio show host, and evangelist. And he's told us uh, about his Christian journey and some of the twists and turns. And in the last segment, he said that some of the big influences in his life were his mom and when he became a father and he was always an outdoorsman and a spiritual uh, retreat that he did and a walk to Emmaus. And then the work that he's done in his church at Second Baptist as a teacher and uh just a man walking in faith and being willing to walk with others. And what I thought about was that it's our journey that gives us that ability. And it's the story of the man in the hole that Christy and I love so much. Yeah. Uh, not staying stuck. Not moving. staying stuck. <laughs> uh, the story is a man falls in a hole and he screams for somebody to help him. And a doctor walks by and he yells, help me, help me. And the doctor writes a prescription and drops it in the hole 
And that doesn't help him, and he keeps yelling, and a priest walks by, and he says, Father, help me, and the priest says a prayer and walks off, and that doesn't help him. And he keeps yelling, and a Marine walks by, and he says, help me, and the Marine jumps in the hole, and he says, well, why'd you do that? Now we're both stuck in the hole. And the Marine says, yeah, but I've been in this hole before, and I know how to get out. So in the integrity of our testimony, when we come to stand in the glare of the truth to look at what we're doing and maybe some friendships we have with the world and how we got to turn our back on those if we're going to be the person God wants us to be. And then as we navigate that journey and he leads us so beautifully in the wilderness and we end up at this place where we can guide others and then we can all walk together and be God's kingdom on earth playing this amazing concerto that uh, Jesus uh, conducts. And Christy, you heard some things in David's story. Yeah, he, you know, he didn't stay stuck. He moved forward. And I think it sounded like a lot of uh, that love. A lot of forward movement. A lot of forward uh, movement. You had said that you're a lifelong seeker. And, you know, some of us have it, but some of us do get stuck in that hole. And we need someone who maybe has been there before to jump in that hole and help us to, to come out. But what I also heard is um, I just think how Jesus works so beautifully uh, in our lives is when we maybe kind of say, this is how I'm going to be. You had said earlier when you, in your youth, I'm not going to be that vulnerable again. And then as life, each experience, as the crescendo of the music was growing, you stepped into that uncomfortability because I got to imagine it was because you had your friend in Jesus with you. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Well, I like the the man in the hole story because you know I'm I'm on the Brazos River Authority Board of Directors and I and I've always been drawn to water and I think also you know if you talk about this orchestra and this we're bringing in new instruments now we're going to bring in the horns and we're going to bring in the percussion and but it's like sculpting too and so you know basically I've seen statue of David in in, in uh, Italy and Florence and you know it started as a as a piece of rock and then. What we have to do is we have to just get chiseled away, you know, and polished yeah. and chiseled and polished. Oh, but wow. I think, of a, rid of the I think of a river and... like that. And I have I have six river rocks that I brought that represent <laughs> my family members. And they're all different colors and they have different polish on them. But that's what we start out as is this rough, angular thing. And then when we're in the river of life, if you want to, the living water, you right. know, and, and we're bumping up against one another, we, we start to polish one another. And then... When we get stuck and we're in a backwater or over here, just like, I'm not going to move. I'm pouting. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm having my pity party. Then there's going to be a flood. I was just reading John chapter five this morning. (laughs) John chapter five, Jesus talking to the woman at the well and said, if you know who you were talking to, you would ask me for living water and you would never thirst. Yeah. I just think that the river uh, metaphor for me is so personal and it just so represents it because we're just, we're constantly being polished. We're being bumping off of one another, making it smoother, more beautiful. This one's a little more transparent, like my wife. And folks, uh, you can't see this, but David really, in fact, <laughs> has really one, has two, rocks. three, four, five, oh, six rocks know, here. Um, <laughs> if we have faith in the process, and I'd like to get back to this process because sometimes we like the work that gets done, but we don't like the, the work process. being done on us. And yet we've got a lot to be uh, worked on. 
And I got to tell you, in the last couple days, several people have called me or texted me or asked me what I think of the whole Afghanistan thing that's currently going on. And I say to them, it was my job. I was called to do my duty. I did my duty. People want uh, a lot of times to be responsible for outcomes that are so far above their heads. That stuff, those decisions, that takes place so far above my head. I'm just this tiny little guy. And if we focus doing what we can where we are with what we have, and we trust the process. So for me, the process was prepare my team to go to Afghanistan, go to Afghanistan, do the mission, and bring my Marines home. God bless them. Thank you, God. Uh, That happened. And so now I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to trust God with all these uh, works he's doing, which we know all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But sometimes we don't like the work, but we got to trust the process, uh, folks. We got to really know that to make a Christian like David, who is resilient and self-effacing and able to stand in the glare of the truth and partnered with a woman who will hold him accountable in helpful opposition, in love, not judgment, and the good that we can do, it's amazing to me. And we got to trust the process. So in that vulnerability, David, I wonder what helped you to move forward through it? In each of those phases, I, I really do That's believe that question. that was that was my faith. You know, it it was it was a seeking. It was uh, I do a lot of reading, and I have a lot of books that I've read that have really helped me because I'm a very cerebral person. I I could describe myself as an intellectual, but that sounds funny. But it's just no, I I have to keep I <laughs> learning. I have to keep reading. I have to keep trying to understand more. And as I do, then you're like you have all these aha moments. You're like, oh oh, now I get it. You're connecting the dots yeah. and the. You know, in my 60 years now, I think I have actually, you know, I'm I'm always after wisdom. And uh, I had a quote from a I'm, I'm, there's a great book called uh, The Cave and the Light. It's about philosophy. You know, and it's the battle uh, for the soul of Western civilization between Aristotle and Plato. And so St. Thomas of Aquinas, you know, he's talking about Aristotle. And I think he says, as Aristotle himself shows Man's ultimate happiness consists of seeking the knowledge of through truth through reason. And that, that kind of describes my life. I've been seeking the knowledge of truth through reason and then using my mind, trusting my mind, following the process, and then and submitting myself the to truth. it. Yeah. You yeah, found but, the truth. But the thing that I hear is that seeking, that mind seeking was compelled by heart. Because of this love affair. Yes. And I think we've said before, God, he's great with your mind. Okay, fine. That's great. But he's all about heart. And so in my mind, what was the engine behind that seeking, Uh, seeking to know him better? Because uh, we can trust his love and he's so faithful. And I just said to Christy today, talking about a father's love, as I feel for my son, And so before we get past it, please, let's talk quickly about your book, The Savage Path. Mm -hmm. Uh, Give us a a quick overview of that, and please tell us how we find that book. So the book is The the Savage Path. You can go to my website, thesavagepath.com, 
It can be purchased at Amazon. It's on Amazon, and there's uh, you know over 50 reviews up, so you can come take a look at those and see what other people think as readers, You know, so don't take my word for it. But the subtitle of it is A Memoir of Modern Masculinity because that is who I'm trying to reach. There's a way things ought to be according to God's plan, and there's a lot of lies of the evil one in the world that are twisting up words and you know gender dysphoria and all these other issues you know that are attacking the institutions that this country as a judeo-christian believing nation under god was founded and built on that's being eroded and we we have to make our stand we have to fight we have to say no that is not true this is what's true and this is the way my childhood my life you know the whole span of my life as a memoir but the theme is that god was was in there through the whole thing. And if I was under his will and doing what he wanted me to do, things were, were great. And God I was, was in every note. Mm-hmm. In every note. And I love that quote on the front cover. I hear my manhood calling. I have to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's on the front cover of David's book, which he said you can find at the savage com. You will thoroughly enjoy that book. And it's a great book for all men. And women. And women who are seeking. And I love how the outdoors has played such a big role in your life. Because I was saying to somebody that when Jesus was put upon by this world, and even by the apostles, when he's like, okay, you guys are driving me nuts. I'm going to go talk to my father for a while. And he went to the wilderness. And as we become this very indoors society, playing video games and sitting on the sofa it's uh, you can order everything from your sofa. You don't have to get off your sofa except to answer the door. And we miss that outdoors, that communion with God. Uh, His nature, the beauty of it. Uh, um, amazing. The bigness. I mean, the, what what it is, is and God the order, is really and the big. Organization. Yes. And we're going to talk about that in the final segment with David Savage, our wonderful guest and a courageous Christian, folks. Stay with us. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship... Contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're with Courageous Christianity. I am Richard Mendelo, and we are talking with David Savage, who just told us about his great book, The Savage Path, which you can find at thesavagepath.com. And David, as we move into this final segment, you've said so many wonderful things and given us some amazing uh, visuals of Christianity and a man's journey within Christianity and seeking, and one of my favorite scriptures is, of course, ask, 
and ye shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For he who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door is opened. And I think it requires work, and you've got to do the work. You've got to be still and be with God, and you've got to find your Bible every morning, and you've got to genuinely want to know the creator of this universe better, and he will make himself available to you in different ways for each of us. Yes. And it's so amazing. And so courageous Christianity to me is standing at that intersection and feeling the pull of the world, but saying, I'm about my father's business. And I just read that today when I was reading again in um, John chapter 5, Jesus was so much about his father's business. So, courageous Christianity, what does it mean to you? Well, you know, because we've been talking about this vulnerability, it really means being vulnerable enough to put it out there and to tell anybody, your neighbors or people that you don't, you know, to relinquish all fear of being judged by the world. I guess that would be my, that would be as succinctly as I could put my definition. Brilliant. That is so perfect because uh, repentance has been a big word for me the last week, not because I've done every, anything evil, because this week's been a pretty good week, <laughs> but because I was reading uh, sermons by St. Uh, Philaret, and he talks about genuine repentance, and we know one of the first words of Jesus' ministry was repent. And so you say being vulnerable, and first and foremost, that means standing in the glare of the truth ourselves. And what's so amazing is when you bring that to God, and when you speak it out loud, and when you say, I am comfortable with trusting God with this humanity of mine and this flesh of mine and the things I've done about which I'm not proud, it's amazing how much less you start caring about what the world thinks. Mm Mm-hmm. I find I, I was going there to the word that you used uh, very soon after repent was that trust. You find that trust. And in fact, I don't know how many times in the Bible, but uh, it says, do not be afraid. And what I think maybe people don't understand is when you do step into that vulnerability, you develop that trust and that trust grows and your fear dissipates. Yeah, absolutely. If you wanted to read, uh, do not be afraid over and over. Go to the book of Joshua, just in chapter one. I think he says it in various ways, six or nine times in three verses. Uh, Do not be frightened. Uh, Do not be disheartened for the Lord, your God goes with you wherever you go. So it's a beautiful definition of courageous Christianity. Folks, I hope you hear that to be vulnerable as you stand in the glare of the truth, which is the word of God, and you submit yourself to it at the foot of the cross, and you trust that Jesus will love you, regardless of how messy you are, because we're all pretty messy. Mm -hmm. And what's sad to me is the people who try and preserve the illusion that they're not messy and then miss the, the joy and the intimacy that come from giving it all to Jesus and stop pretending. I know you're a mess. You know, I'm a mess. Let's stop pretending. Be real. Read the Bible, repent, 
give it to God, and then we can start having uh, that amazing fellowship and doing the things God intends for us. Yeah, I think that uh, relationships are just so important to me, and that's been part of why I was successful at work, uh, is I can build them quickly. And and again, it it begins with that being transparent, being uh, trustworthy, and, and, and having that faith like, look, it's, if you share first, someone has to share first, and then they go, oh, you know, I'm not the only one who has that problem. You know, and he was willing to share something with me about his imperfections or his foibles. And this is what right. Aaron and I are doing every time on our show is like, well, okay, you know, we did this Seven Deadly Sin series. We're struggling today with all seven still, but acknowledging that and then having someone else say, yeah, me too. Well, then... You know, you're building your team, right. and then and then you've got the orchestra going. Now we're getting all the music, and we're getting the full complement yeah. of the symphony. I was reading in that sermon by St. Philaret talking about how the seed, uh, the treasure that's planted in the field, and we pile rubbish and garbage on top of it because of all of this worldly fear. But as you strip that away, then you can... Um, Beautiful growth. Beautiful growth, and Christy has a book coming out uh, uh, not too long from now, and she call, it's called From Rubble to Roses, and it talks about that very thing, this amazing soul, which gets uh, covered up in the world, and then eventually with God's love and, and sun, and sometimes even being watered by tears. And the thorns. And the thorns <laughs> and all of it, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, what you said about stepping forward reminded me of an Afghan expression, which I learned when I was over there. And they said, if you take one step forward, I'll take three steps forward. Mm-hmm. And so it really does remind us that as God's sons and daughters, if not us, then who? Right. And if not now, when the world is struggling so much, then when? Whatever your instrument is in this amazing orchestra that is the kingdom of God, trust Jesus, the conductor, and uh, just play it. And so, David, thank you so much for your incredibly encouraging uh, words. I love your definition of courageous Christianity the most, uh, stepping into vulnerability, uh, trusting God with that. And I think it's fantastic, and we're going to say that that's the truth, and that brings us to our moment of truth. In every show, as you know, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today is a little bit complicated, but the Holy Spirit brought this to me this morning, and I wanted to share it with you. It spans almost the entire Bible. It begins in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. Chapter 11 tells us the story of the Tower of Babel. In this story, as we know, everyone on earth spoke the same language, and they used the same words to exchange their imperfect understanding as they tried to make this tower that would allow them to climb to the heavens. And in that flawed understanding, as they tried to build this tower that would reach the heavens, God denied their efforts by confusing their language. And since then, the world has spoken many languages. And what we learned from this is that though effort is required as we seek heaven 
We cannot get to heaven by our own understanding, by our own schemes, or by our own words. So jumping ahead thousands of years to the story of Jesus, the book of John chapter 1 verse 1 tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So though God denied man's early attempts to build his own ladder to heaven by confusing the words of men, later God himself built the stairway to heaven in the unifying truth of Jesus Christ, his Son, who is the Word. And so what I pray so uh, sincerely is that we each hear in this moment of truth from John chapter 1 that Jesus, all confusion about heaven is resolved in Jesus. Through Jesus, God's perfect Son, God created perfect understanding in him. He is the final word, and in him we have hope. And I have one more point to make in the story. In John chapter 1, verse 12, Scripture says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So we're back to the effort. It, there has to be effort. And this is important, so let me say it again. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. By our faith in the Word, which is Jesus Christ, we can see the ladder to heaven. Though many see it, many do not climb. And this is tragic because the climbing of the ladder is up to us, and we must strive to become His children. So what does that mean? Well, the choice is ours. We have to walk up the stairs. You've heard in David's story a constant seeking, a constant pursuing God in his kingdom, in his love. So the effort is ours. The striving in the truth is ours. And the steps are God's. And the many testimonies we hear from courageous Christians are the stories of imperfect men and women who walk up these steps. In their words, we learn that regardless of circumstances with Jesus' help, we can trust God's plan. Remember, trust the process. We're not in the outcome business. We're not in the like business. We're in the love business and the process of Christianity, which says at the intersection of our faith and the secular world, we stand firm in the word of God and in the love of Jesus Christ. So what I would ask in all humility is, what is your story in Christ? Have you started writing it? Are you writing it each day in the lives of those around you? Because that is Courageous Christianity. So I really want to thank you, David, for being with us on the show. You've shared some amazing things. Well, thanks for your show and, and for having me on it. That's a, it's a pleasure, and I'm going to spend quite some time thinking about the orchestra, Jesus as the conductor, the vulnerability that we might feel when we uh, play that instrument, but knowing that there are fellow musicians around us and that God will... Uh, be with us is uh, just awesome. So friends, thank you for joining Christy and me. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, the word at KKHT.com or on CourageousChristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.